We are live. Welcome to Shooting the Breeze podcast. I'm a, your co-host, Taylor Cedarstrom. We are your other co-host, Brayden Watson. And here today we are joined with a special guest. And pleased to announce we are blessed by the presence of... Virtual presence. Mr. Jaron Hoffling. Jaron, welcome Hello. to the podcast. Why, thank you. The pleasure is mine. Jaron is joining us from... Somewhere in Utah. Our neighbors to the north, Utah. Provo, Utah. And he only has one wife, just so anybody, in case you wanted to make some stupid joke about Utah. Jaron only <laughs> has one wife. He doesn't live in that part of Utah. He's only planning on having one wife. Yep. We'll All keep right. it that way. All right. Tell him move south. <laughs> so, um, our apologies for not shooting out a podcast last week. Um... I was bummed about that, by the way. Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. I was That's out right. of town. Braden was doing homework. <laughs> was doing homework. I'm uh, pretty sure you. I'm pretty sure you posted something, Taylor, on Wednesday, because I was like, you know, when it's Wednesday, I'm ready. It's podcast day, and then I saw you posted like, where were you? I was in Some California. Vacation? Yeah. That's where it was. So I figured, shooting the breeze wasn't happening. Yeah, there's no breeze shooting that day. Well, there was. It just wasn't uh, broadcasted. Well, yeah. Well, because here's the other thing. Uh, basically, guns are illegal in California, so I couldn't shoot the breeze. Guns and rope swings, apparently. Yeah. Um, but, but that's a story for another day. Yeah. Brain's oh. kind of got a, <clears throat> a a sore throat. Horse voice. Well, I just broke my voice two days ago and. He's going through puberty. Yeah, honestly, today at work, I would like be talking to customers, and it wasn't even like a voice crack, like when you're going through puberty. It was like a voice shatters, and it just like falls out from under me. But like worse, <laughs> worse than that. Like, there's just it was terrible. So it's gotten better throughout the day, but uh, yeah, I was uh, at work the day before yesterday, and. Uh, our wonderful boss, Court, was sharing some of the things that he would do when he was working with his buddies younger as they were loading trucks. And one of those things was yell, fire, or like, fire, as they were loading trucks every time they threw a bucket. And uh, so I gave that a try for like five minutes. And That was probably really annoying. Oh, ask Hunter uh, Sweet Cheeks or uh, Chicken Nuts about it. He was inside the truck and he said it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Oh, chicken nuts. Hey, Jaron, why don't you give us a little introduction about yourself? Absolutely. What you want to know? You know, just the intro. Nothing just too Just the intro. Nothing too deep. You got 2 minutes, go. 2 minutes? Uh, minute 58 now. Oh gosh. Okay. Um my name is Jaron, a good friend of Taylor and Braden. Uh, I should I shouldn't go by those names though. What are you guys' radio Golden names? And Sweet cheeks. Sweet cheeks and Golden Ear. That's right. <laughs> uh, born in Utah, moved when I was one to Arizona. Kind of grew up my whole life in Arizona. Uh, what else? Currently live in Utah. What are you doing? Uh, I do lawn care. Actually, that is my current job, full time. Kayla, my wife, goes to school at BYU. 
studying art history and editing. She wants to be an editor. And she graduates in December. So we moved up here, got married at May 11th, moved up here, and May we'll be here until this year. May 11th of this year, so oh, man. almost three months, two and a half months. Seems like you moved up here so shortly money. after that, and we are up here until December. Once Kayla graduates, we plan on moving back to the uh, Valley of the Sun. Woohoo! We're excited for your glorious return. As are we. Yeah. Hey, so, uh, yeah. what grade were you in when you uh, joined us in elementary school? I moved from Sholo, Arizona to Mesa in fifth grade, right? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Yep. How about you? Same grade as me. That's why. Man, that's when everybody good came to town. That was a good, good year. Dude, you remember fifth grade? We'd ball it up on basketball courts. Absolutely. Oh man. Screw basketball. Jordan Lee. And then we moved to wiffle ball. Wiffle ball was intense sixth grade, man. Oh man. (laughs) That was crazy. I just remember, you guys remember when Ryland got in a fight with a Treyu? <laughs> Which time? <laughs> and when a Treyu stole Ryland's bike. <laughs> what? Uh. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, I oh, no, the on, best story. I found him on Facebook the other day, a Treyu. I hope he's doing well. I also hope he's doing well. Okay, quick quick story. I don't want to waste too much time. That's what this There is was about. one time... <laughs> So, <laughs> Ryland, you know, our good buddy, he, uh, I, I, I think it's called like a Y-Wing. You remember the scooter? A Power Wing. I don't wing. know if you remember. The, power, a power Wing. wing. Oh, those things are okay. great. Okay, he had a Power Wing, right? And he's, he's, what was it? It was at Nate McKinley's house. He rode his Power Wing a couple, like a street down to Nate McKinley's house on his Power Wing. He rode it down and he left and the Power Wing was gone. And what is his first thought? A tree. Actually, his first thought is that Devin Rash stole the power wing. His brother. Right? His brother. And so he runs home. And uh, no, no, I, I'm getting this story wrong. His first thought is a tree you stole it. And so he goes home and he finds out that Devin was actually the one that stole it because he sees the power wing by the garage. And so he's furious, and he opens the door, runs in, and Devin's sitting on the couch, just watching TV or something. Ryland just pounces on him, and he breaks his arm. <laughs> right there. He jumps on Devin and starts beating him. Devin breaks his arm in the process. And poor Devin is just, you know, wailing. Goes to the, you know, hospital. Gets put in a cast. There it is. But Devin wasn't the one that stole the. No, so he, he I was. got I got the story mixed up at the beginning. So Devin he was actually it. the one. Got it. Got it. Ryland thought Taylor was right. Ryland thought it was a Treyu. It ended up being Devin, his brother. Hope Treyu's not Anyways. listening. <laughs> there's my nice. Uh, an avid listener. <laughs> there's my nice side story for you. It's a good story right there. Oh wait! Yeah. Well, you just wait. We're gonna have some good stories for the end. What's uh? What do we got on our agenda here today, sweet? First cheeks? thing on the agenda. Well, I'll just give us a rundown through the whole thing. So, in an earlier conversation, Jerry Bear and I were talking about some possible topics. Jaren's really big into 
Dave Ramsey show. I hope y'all listen to Dave Ramsey. He's a good guy. He's always doing better than he deserves. So we'll probably talk a little bit about uh, financial peace. And then after that, we'll uh, dip our toes in the topic of living in a foreign country, Texas included. And uh, and then Jaron, who has been happily married three months. He's a veteran. Almost. Oh, man, he's going to give us some marriage tips. He'll probably run us through how he and Kayla met, get all lovey-dovey. It'll be cute. And then Absolutely. Uh, we'll wrap it up with a story. Before we dive into I like that, it. I did want to, you know, give a, a plug to our our buddy Donnie over in the White House. Um, very impressed with Donnie yesterday, as it popped up. Uh, someone on my Facebook feed had uh, shared that Donnie made an announcement uh, or posted something on the, the White House website about Pioneer Day, and uh, you know, Pioneer Day is one of the Mormon holidays that. I don't really celebrate it. Only people in Utah celebrate it. I heard it's actually called Pie and Beer Day. Oh, is that what the rest of the U.S. celebrates? Yeah. Okay, well, (laughs) Donnie addressed it as Pioneer Day, but essentially it was just, you know, like a two or three minute read. He gave a rundown of, you know, and this this year Brigham Young took took the Mormons and crossed the plains and went through a very rigorous journey, and he uh, tipped his hat to... All those who made said rigorous journey, and it was just kind of nice and heartwarming, very uh, thoughtful of the the president to. You know, to another thing he that. did towards the beginning of his presidency, he also passed by Welfare Square in Salt Lake City. He was very pleased with uh, what the church was doing up there in Welfare Square. But, uh, anyways, that's all I gotta say Good about stuff. that. So. Hats off to Donnie for taking his hat off to uh, the Pioneers. All right, Jay Bear, delight us with your uh, financial peace knowledge. Well, Let's I, hit it. I'd never heard of, I mean, I think I've heard of Dave Ramsey, but I'd never listened to any of his stuff until today on my way home from work. I listened to like half of one of his podcasts, so he seems all right. But Jaron, uh, Jaron, what are your thoughts on the man? You know, I'm a, I'm a new listener myself. I introduced myself earlier. I work uh, lawn care, and one of the privileges of this nice job, I drive a truck around Utah Valley and spray people's lawns. Gives me the opportunity to listen to music, podcasts. So I've been, you know, searching for some good stuff. Stumbled upon Dave Ramsey. I like it. He has a, uh, I guess his his big thing is financial peace. I think he actually has a class called Financial Peace University for married couples. I guess probably for whoever wants to take it. Yeah, when I Googled but, um, it, when I got home, that was the first thing that popped up was Financial Peace University. So, Yeah. So I haven't looked too much into that, but I listen to his podcasts almost every day. Have been for a couple weeks now. Uh, good stuff. I really like him. He's what does he talk good, about? Um, what does he talk about? Financial Peace he has uh, baby steps of, I guess, getting to a, a point where you can call or where you can say you are financially stable or can or peace have peace. And that's part of his your financial total, status. That's part of his total money makeover, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah, that's actually one of the wedding gifts that we got when we got married was that total money makeover. I think that's kind of what spurred the interest, actually. That ain't bad. That ain't a bad wedding gift. 
Hey, when I get yeah. married to anybody who's listening, you can go ahead and get me that. If it's I a nice married, gift. I hope I get married. Anyways. You're going to get like five of those now. Better than getting five handbooks. Then you can re-gift them. <laughs> well, his his main thing in fi- in uh, Total Money Makeover is there's seven steps. I actually have them kind of pulled up here. Seven baby steps. So just to give you an, kind of an idea what Dave Ramsey's about, his first baby step is save $1,000 to start an emergency fund. So actually, Kale and I are currently doing that. Uh, should be there pretty soon, which is kind of exciting. Uh, baby step number two is pay off all debt. Number three is save three to six months of expenses for emergencies. Baby step four is invest 15% of your household income for retirement. Baby step number five, save for your children's college fund. Six, pay off your home early. And baby step number seven is build wealth and give. I think my favorite thing, if I was to kind of pinpoint it, about Dave Ramsey's, uh, I guess, podcast and style, is he's super into giving. He says there's three ways to spend money or to use your money. You either spend it, you save it, or you give it. And he talks almost every episode about you want to get to a point where you can be able to help people. And that's like the most fun that you'll ever have with money. So that's I th- I think that's really cool. Yeah, he's a, he's a really cool guy. He's a good Christian guy. He. Uh... What's his Christian? Or what's his uh, religious background? I don't know. I. He's super. Um, he has like Taylor said. He's a really Christian guy. He has like a Bible verse every day that he shares, which is pretty cool. He's a God fearing man. We'll say. He's a God fearing man. Um. He works a lot with different churches, uh, from what I've heard. It says here that, he, I mean, he does a lot of his, he'll travel and uh, when he's traveling, where he gives his, his kind of lectures or speeches are generally at uh, local congregations of where he travels to. It says here via Wikipedia that um, he's a devout Christian. Here's something about his Dave Ramsey show right here. I really This is pretty cool. This is a radio station. And it has a combined listenership of over 12 million weekly. And it is also aired on... Uh, heard on f- more than 500 radio stations throughout the United States and Canada. It's also in a podcast format. And he has his own Apple application. And streams live on YouTube. So, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of people that like this guy that respect his opinion and listen to his, his advice. Um, because I mean the dude's doing very well. Doing very well. So I I guess my question for you right now, Jaren, is what has, what's your, uh, I guess from his radio show, what has been your most uh, treasured piece of advice that you've heard from him? What's something that you really liked? Biggest takeaway. Mm-hmm. Biggest takeaway. Probably, probably what I mentioned earlier, to be honest, about giving. Um, he says that's the funnest way to use your money. Kayla and I have some relatives um, that are pretty well off. They live very modestly, but they they live that. They give a lot, and it's just kind of cool to see that and say, like, 
I would like, I want to do that one day, you know, where you could help people and be in that situation. The second, probably that's number one. I think number two would be just prepare, pre- um, being prepared for life. Cause life happens. Yeah. His first, his first step is be prepared for emergencies. A thousand dollars right off the bat before you do anything else. Put that away. Don't touch it. And then pay off debt. And then third is save three to six months of your income. You know, if you lose your job, if something happens, you know, a natural disaster. So I just love that. You know, if you are prepared, you shall not fear. Almost sounds like it's prophetic or something like uh, somebody else might have said some similar things, but. <laughs> exactly. Good stuff. Jaren, you brought up a uh, a good question earlier before we started recording. Why don't you hit us with that question real quick? Yeah, this is a question I thought about, um, I guess, while listening to Dave's podcast. To preface this, he has people come on his podcast and ask him advice. And these people is that are the usually... majority of the podcast, right? So the the radio and the the radio show. And the podcast, people are just calling in saying, hey, I'm Bob from Tennessee. I'm 35 years old. Me and my wife are so so much in debt. Or what do you recommend we can do? Stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, he's kind of their financial advisor. Yep. And it's all free. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, He does his free. whole podcast basically. I mean, he, he'll he do occasional advertisements. Um, Legal Zoom. Yeah. You need a will. That's that, That's right. That's the one. But um, what's another one I heard? Hey, we don't want to be X if they ain't paying us. So. That's true. I'm not even going to jump into that. Uh, one thing that I, I guess my question to kind of go off of what Taylor was saying. Hearing these people's situations kind of spurred this question for me. So the question is, what impacts do poverty or financial instability have on other aspects of life? I think before we dive completely into that question, something that's directly tied to that, is I know there's been a lot of psychological studies and other um, studies about happiness and the correlation between wealth and happiness. And so to a degree, money can make you happy and that degree is essentially that point is once you're out of poverty, once you have where you don't have to worry about, are you going to eat? Are you, you know, you're going to have somewhere to live. If you're, you know, you're not homeless, you're not starving. You have the necessities of life. Right. I've seen some numerical figures with that. It's like what? 75,000. That's what I've seen. Like once you get to 75,000, the happiness level, what they've, done in some of these tests the happiness level does not increase it just plateaus right Um, it's pretty interesting so that ties into the other aspects of your life i mean your your stress levels your uh your spirituality is something you mentioned earlier and but if you're not happy it's going to be pretty hard to uh to be a a well-rounded person in other aspects of your life right one of my thoughts was just the effect on a family. I mean, if you're financially, I guess, unstable, um, 
it really has an effect, I believe, on the on the whole family. I, I did a little bit of research as well, just kind of before the podcast, just out of curiosity. I guess just to ask you guys first what you think. What do you guys think are the number, maybe the top three causes of divorce? Well, number one is money. Yeah, for sure. Finances. Finances. It's up there. It's actually not number one. It's not. As per as per Ramsey Solutions. Hmm. <laughs> is Ramsey Solutions connected with Dave Ramsey? Yeah. All right. I guess they I guess they did a study. So money fights are number two. According to the study. Money fights are the number two cause of divorce. Um number one being infidelity. So I guess that's, you know, that's up there for sure. But, um, was there a number three? Yeah, it's, um, wait, should we guess at it and guess at it? What'd you guess? Um, I was going to guess infidelity. I would say like lack of communication, but that's kind of hard to put into one word. Was number three, Jaren? It said commitment. I thought mm. I was a little bit confused. It kind of I thought that I might think have people just get with lazy with commitment. Yeah. There was like a kind of a subcategory to that was couples that grow apart. As time goes on, they just they're just I guess, not grow putting apart. into the relationship. It's kind of right. They don't like. put in, not putting in the work. So. Yeah, I just thought that was in, interesting. You know, money definitely has. An impact, you know, on all aspects of life. Family life, you're stressed all the time. If you have to work all the time, um, you know, that's time that you're not spending with your family as well. Which, work is a great thing, you know, but there's definitely a balance in life. Moderation in all things. Exactly. Something that... uh. This is actually a piece of advice that my my mom's dad, so my grandfather, gave to my dad. Probably the only uh, piece of advice that he ever gave him was keep your wants within your needs. Meaning that first you take care of the things you need and don't make your wants bigger than anything that you need. And that's something that my parents have uh, stuck to pretty well, I feel like. That's great. That reminds me of, uh, I think it was, I can't remember if it was L. Tom Perry or Richard G. Scott. I think it was one of them, one of the two. Mm -hmm. They said most people um, live within their yearnings and not their earnings, which causes lots of stress and anxiety. So I feel like kind of goes along with that. (laughs) Definitely. Coming back to the uh, that question that you phrased, Jaren, I think I, you said something uh, that maybe it was brain. You, you you mentioned spirituality, how spirituality is affected by uh, your finances. Am, am I saying that correct? Yep. Am I connecting two ideas correctly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think. 
obviously your finances can stress you out and that can affect you psychologically um but i think something your spirituality i think definitely dominates your your um your psychological last uh, i don't know the psychological facet of your life is that if that makes sense if you are well spiritually you should be well mentally and physically and physically and so they're I think, all tied together right and so i think if you are spiritually well your finances won't be able to take hostage as much of your mind or your mental the mental facet of your life as it normally would does that make sense yeah I mean, that's basically it reminds me what of tithing teaches you yeah it reminds me of a quote by dave ramsey there you go. <laughs> what a guy. The borrow the borrower is slave to the lender. He he says that all the time. So I mean we you know, being God fearing Christian church going men, you know, we learn we learn about in the Bible about bo- all sorts of bondage, you know? And debt is also bondage. So I, I feel like when you have debt, um, you, I think it was actually Gordon B. Hinckley that talked about debt being a bondage and how it just completely takes over. I mean, with poverty, there's an obvious physical toll that's taken, but I think maybe even more than physical, there's a very high emotional toll, psychological toll, was because you feel indebted all the time. When you kind when you're in debt, there's almost a like a small smidgen of I don't know kind of that feeling of being in debt sort of resembles guilt. Would you guys agree or disagree? I'm gonna put a very large agree on that. Do you know what? Because Just- there are different types of debt, right? There's you know like I kind of good. De- I mean it's not no debt is good, but there's a a healthy healthy debt you know when you're purchasing a house you maybe you're you have to take some loans out for your education um i mean i don't think those would feel as bad as a a debt to you know purchase a maybe a truck you don't need but what i'm getting out here is you were saying that debt is a form of bondage you know another form of bondage kind of going off on a tangent here is sin and you feel guilty and so that kind of puts you at a debt with, uh, you know, Christ's sacrifice. But uh, anyways, that's just a small tangent. I was. Do you know the Greek meaning of debt? No. Enlighten me. Guilt. Hmm. No me digas. Being for real. Guilt. You don't say. You nailed it on the. You nailed it on the head. That's actually something I was just reading. So that's really cool that you said that. That's interesting. You know, because when I when I was on my mission, we had a, a really interesting way of of teaching the atonement. That uh, you know, there's this. I mean, obviously, Alma forty two talks about um, justice and mercy and and how those interact with the atonement. Um, but on my mission, we'd have you know different forms of of currency, and uh, basically, it explains how Christ takes upon all the world's sin and takes upon. Uh, 
um, all that, I guess you'd call debt at the price of justice. And then that allows him to show us mercy when we uh, are willing to give up our debt or recognize our, at least recognize our sin and our debt. And that way, that's, you know, that's kind of how the repentance process works. But it's interesting how that's kind of all intertwined. You know, you have these finances and then you have sin and guilt. Uh, It really just goes to show that liberty, I'm a big proponent of liberty. But liberty is like the key principle of life. We could probably talk about that a little bit later in a different podcast. Well, we could talk we'll about that a, for a long time. We'll have a that podcast be a whole dedicated podcast. to liberty. <laughs> I mean, liberty and eternal life through the great mediator of all men, right? That's what I'm talking about. Because, <laughs> I mean, to the rest of that scripture, free to choose captivity or death, or captivity and death, or liber- liberty and eternal life. When you're in debt, when you're sinning, you're in captivity. You can't get out. Nephi, Second Nephi chapter 2 is my favorite chapter in the Book of Mormon. It's good. I read that so many times on my mission. It's a, it's a good little... That's my go-to. Sliver of knowledge. I like it. Mm-hmm. But... So, Jaron, how long ago have you been back from your mission? Let's see, I got back June of 2017, so a year and a month, about. Yeah, a little, a little over that. It's been a minute. And where, where yeah. were you at? Where did you serve? I served in the Philippines, Naga, Philippines. It's on the main island of Luzon. So most people know of Manila as the capital. We're about a 12-hour bus ride south of Manila. How long of a drive for reference for uh, the American folk? A bus ride, Brayden. Well, buses stop and go, and that takes time out of the trip. No, not like on... You're talking long-distance bus rides, like like a Long-distance bus. Right, so you're not stopping every 100 meters. Yeah, this isn't like a school bus where you're picking up Jimmy before you go to school. This is you're going the whole way. Yeah. For the long haul. There's like maybe one stop in that 12-hour bus ride. Right. And so how did, kind of time back the uh, the finance aspect of this conversation, How what did you see, what, what lessons did you take away from mission financially when uh, you were living in the Philippines? Um... This may sound kind of contradicting, so I'm going to try to explain it a bit, contradicting what I'm, what we kind of talked about earlier. But one, as far as financially, what I learned is you don't need money to be happy. Um, for, I mean, for sure. Uh, the Philippines is a third world country, and there's a high poverty level there, and people just live a very simple life. Um, the Filipinos are probably, I mean, they're the happiest people I've ever met. They laugh at everything. They're just super joyful all the time. To kind of explain that with going along with that though, or I guess kind of not with that, but there is a level of financial stability that you need 
to, I guess, meet your spiritual needs. Um, we met lots of people. Our mission president actually um, told us to, to teach people that had time to listen to you. And those that, you know, needed to work all the time, uh, which unfortunately it's just kind of how it is over there. Uh, there's just, especially we lived in a very provincial part of the Philippines, lots of rice farmers out in the fields, and they would just work long hours all day. And within missionary hours of when we're, you know, awake, a lot of those hours, if not all of those hours, they'd be working. So there were some people we could never teach just because they were trying to provide a living for their family. Um, so yeah, there's a there's a balance. I think, like you said, uh, I think it was Braden that mentioned it. Um, statistically speaking, there's a level which you reach where you have your needs. You meet your needs, and if you have your needs met financially you know, that's where you're happy. So there's lots of people, um, unfortunately, I guess where, no matter where you go, whether it's in, you know, Chile where you serve Taylor, here in the Philippines, that if you're not meeting your needs financially, um, other places suffer. So I, I kind of went in a roundabout there. Not sure if that made complete sense, but... Because once your needs are met, I mean, there's just... We discussed like different emotional and physical factors. There's things that you aren't worried about constantly. They aren't constantly stressing about, and they aren't looming over you. You're not indebted or um, to to figuring out how you're going to put food on the table. And so, if you have that, I mean, relatively figured out for a significant portion of your your life or your day or whatever, then it's gonna relieve a lot of that stress essentially I'll give you an example I think you're right on Braden Gregorio Abante he's one person that I met in the Philippines in my first area uh, I'll, I'll never forget him he had such a difficult life he had 11 children and um, you know that's a lot it's a lot of children his wife since there's not a lot of work in the province his wife worked in manila so they were separated and his youngest was i mean he had twins that were you know not even a year old and his oldest was you know i think 18 and they all just stayed at the house and kind of took care of each other his work was riding a bike with a side bench on it it's called a pad jack so you just ride around people all day is this um, a pedal bike know. or is this a uh like a motorcycle it's a pedal bike okay. so you imagine your standard bike just add like a little sidecar and an umbrella over it it's kind of like going to the dimebacks game exactly actually what we consider pretty much what it is <laughs> that's his work yeah that's hard work i tried once he was he was pretty stubborn. He let me ride him in his pad jack back from one of our areas. <laughs> I was like, I want to try, mostly because I just saw how tired he was at the at the end of the day. But I tried and it was hard. Like I was trying to hide that I was struggling going up this hill, <laughs> pedaling my companion and an old man. 
and he just lived such a hard life. His kids were always sick, and he had, he just didn't have enough. They didn't eat enough. Uh, I just felt so bad for them, and that's an example where his needs just weren't met. He just didn't have enough, and a lot of, emotionally he was really unstable, and spiritually he really struggled, and you know I don't think we'll ever know why we're born into circumstances that we are. Um, like, you know, us, we don't have to, you know, I guess I can't speak for both of you. I've never had to worry about if there's going to be food on my plate for, you know, for dinner. Or if I'm going to make enough money peddling people around today to be able to buy food for dinner, you know. I've never had to worry about those things. The pantry's so, always been full. Right. And the refrigerator and the freezer. Very blessed. You know, I was kind of, you know, we, I, I mentioned earlier I was in California. And uh, while we were there, we were in San Francisco. And we went to the, the famous Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. You guys ever been there? Negative. Never. Well, obviously they only have it in coastal cities, um, but it's 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 the it's the shrimping. Uh, it's a it's a shrimp house basically, based off a of bubble jump from. Forest Gump. And uh, anyways, it's a shrimp place. We go there. We're eating with my family some shrimp. Can't say, I can't say it's, you know, awesome. It's not, like, great quality, but it's a good place. It's nice to decorate. It's nicely decorated. And I sat down, and I don't know. Sometimes I just sit down, and I think, this is a good place. I like, this. I'm in a good place right now. This is comfortable. And I almost start to feel guilty um, because I think of some of the people I knew in my mission, and... I mean, a good majority of them would never have the opportunity to, you know, just sit down with their family in a place like Bubba Gump Shrimp Company and and enjoy a meal like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just makes you extremely grateful for not ever having to think where your, your next meal will come from or, or, you know, just having to stress about that. Um Which kind of leads me to, you know, I'm a bit ad- advocate for, uh, you know, just being strong spiritually. Because uh, once you're, when you're strong spiritually, I'm not going to say like finances and, and, and your mental, um, uh, well-being, you know, those things don't matter, but they don't take as much of an emotional toll on you if you're if you're well doing well spiritually i think spirituality is something that for the most part you have complete control over right. um everything's there given to you and it's up to you what what you do with it obviously you're going to have things that are out of your control that happen to you but how you react to them is your level of spirituality and, and what that can do for you something that that uh 
then the 20 minutes of Dave Ramsey that I listened to today is uh, he was talking about, I don't know that I agreed with everything that he was saying in this, but a guy had called in and asked about, um, about like paying tithing and offerings and whether or not you should do that while you're in debt. Um, because he thought, you know, maybe I should get out of debt and then do this. And he had donated to somebody going to somewhere on a mission trip or something. And he asked Dave if that was a good thing or if he should focus on getting out of debt first. And Dave said, well, first of all, like you said, that he says very frequently, giving is never a bad thing. Giving is always a good thing. Um, then he went on to talk about kind of, you know, whether or not you, you should or shouldn't pay pay tithing or offerings when you're out of debt and use some scriptural examples or when you're in debt. Um, and so that was interesting because that ties to your spiritual, I mean, at least in a lot of senses can affect your spirituality, paying tithing and sacrificing some of what you have for, for others and it can be healthy spiritually. I like it. Reminds me a little bit of a one of the things that I was looking at, I guess, while researching a bit, you guys know the talk, Are We Not All Beggars? Oh, yeah. By oh, yeah. Elder Holland. It's a good one. So going off of the, the, I guess, Taylor's comment, you know, of where, you know, you were eating at that nice place, you kind of felt guilty. Going back to my experiences, there was a time on my mission where I kind of, I felt that way. Not because I'd, I'd done anything bad. But I kind of felt like, why, like, why am I so blessed to never have to worry about these things, uh, like food on my plate? But some people in this world, you know, are born into certain circumstances. Here's what Elder Holland says, which I really like. Um, he says, I do not know all the reasons why circumstances of birth, health, education, and economic opportunities vary so widely here in mortality but when I see the want among so many I do know know that there is but for the grace of God for I also know that although I may not be my brother's brother brother's keeper I am my brother's brother and because I'm, because I have been given much I too must give so I, I like that I think it goes along with what you were saying Braden you know we, we can't control our circumstances but we can control what we, I guess, our reaction to those circumstances. Yeah. And definitely included there is helping other people, you know, in their circumstances. Lifting them and, I guess, lifting us in the process, too. You know, a, uh, a, a famous comic book writer once said, with great power comes great responsibility. And with the... Uh, the 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 blessings and the privileges that we enjoy living where we live and how we live uh we definitely don't be mistaken we we have a a larger responsibility than um i don't say that in a i don't say this in a um condescending in a condescending or uh, a braggadocious way but um in a uh, let's get our act together kind of way because uh, we uh, and maybe enjoy is the wrong word for that but we enjoy a larger responsibility than uh, 
some of the people that you met on your mission, some of the people I met on my mission, um, because, uh, you know, great power comes great responsibility. Braggadocious? How about that word? Add that one to my lexicon. There you go. <laughs> is, that like, is that a word or is that a mix of bodacious and brag? Look it up. It'll help you remember it. Okay, I'll look it up later. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to because uh, I think we kind of come full circle here. Let's uh, let's move on to our next topic. I'm excited for this topic. Marriage. Marriage brings us here together today. Today, Jared Byrne, tell us a little bit, a bit. Tell us a little bit about how you and the lovely Kayla met. Tell us your secret. Tell Alrighty. us your story, man. Alrighty, I'll. I hope I don't mess up the story. Kayla's sitting here right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> How we met. Kayla, do you want to chime in here? I can't. You got the headphones. Okay, <laughs> she'll uh, she'll correct me if I get anything wrong. Uh, let's see. We met in high school, as you guys know, but maybe not all of our fellow listeners know. I went to Skyline High School. She went to Desert Ridge, on the same road about. Two miles. Two miles. Two miles apart. Real two question: apart. Who's the real king of Crisman? Uh, Desert Ridge is on Madero, so obviously Skyline. <laughs> I'm not gonna bring that one up. I think I'll get some <laughs> <All right>. uh, <laughs> some flack on that one. <laughs> but um, that'd be number four in uh, causes of divorce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. But um. We met through our, our seminary teacher, or I guess mine. So you guys know Brother Erickson taught seminary at Ricky. Skyline. So he was my first seminary teacher, my first semester, freshman year, Skyline. Then eventually he got transferred to Desert Ridge uh, where he taught seminary. We had kind of been good friends with him, uh, me and some of my other good buddies like Patrick Lorsch, Nate McKinley. Anyways, long story short, he's actually Kayla's next-door neighbor, Kayla's family's next-door neighbor. And so he would sometimes throw donut parties, kind of have some get-togethers and invite people, and we would show up, and that's kind of where Kayla and I met, at that one uh, donut party. And then we became good friends. Um, Actually, Even better friends. uh, (laughs) Yeah. The way it actually kind of started was Nate McKinley... One of my classmates at Skyline, good friends, said that he wanted to go to a dance at Desert Ridge. He just he wanted to take some Desert Ridge girls to their dance. And so he's like, Jer, you should come with me. And so we didn't know who to ask. And then we remembered those, you know, girls that we met at Brother Erickson's donut party. So not even knowing them very well, we asked them. I asked Kayla. He asked her best friend, Kylie. And from there, it is history. It was an awesome date, super fun, and we just became really, really good friends after that. Didn't you propose Dated. with a rock on that first date? So that, so that, that is the crucial part of the story. Oh, so, yes. You know, Kayla and I actually have talked about it. We don't remember why the rock thing happened. Yeah. We, we took pictures, dance pictures, and, you know, going back to my, my comment, we didn't know each other very well at all. Um, but Kayla's parents were, you know, the in-laws, my in-laws now, were actually there 
uh, Nate's parents were taking pictures. And on this golf course, what were the crossroads again? Signal Butte and Baseline. Signal Baseline. There's a golf course over there. Yeah, right across from like uh, IMAX and Oh, yeah, stuff. yeah. It's like a senior yeah. community. Yeah, senior community. So there's like, they have red rocks, just like these, you know, semi-large rocks painted red. And I'm not sure what they use them for. They put them on the golf course as some sort of marker. Anyways. Creating during families. The, that's what they use them cre- for. Create, there you go. So during this process of taking pictures, there was a rock there. And my, you know, junior year, you know, brain just thought it'd be a great idea if I grabbed this rock and in this picture, you know, pretended to propose to Kayla. <laughs> and she she acted all surprised and it was a great picture. Well, how many years later? Five years? Four. Four years later, we're back at that spot with an upgraded rock. Oh, yeah. And that's where I proposed. So... <laughs> That's where it started, and Kayla wants me to explain the upgraded rock. When you said with an upgraded rock. Oh, yeah, like a, you know, yeah, engagement ring. A diamond? A diamond. Ooh. That's right. I caught your drift here. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> Wonderful. So, yeah, that's the uh, that's the story. So when your extensive uh, ex- experience being a, a married man... What uh? What advice would you give to two unmarried chumps like ourselves? Ooh. Well, first of all, I'm just gonna put out that I am uh, by no means any sort of authority <laughs> on the uh, subject. Well, obviously. However, you got something. I will. Uh, I will throw a quick shout out. So Kayla's dad actually writes, and I'm showing this through Skype so that our listeners can't see it, but he actually writes gospel books. That's what? not his profession. He's a lawyer, but he just came out with a new book. Eternal marriages don't just happen. So if any of the listeners out there are interested in a good gospel read, there's a plug. I, he's, yeah, there's there's the plug. He's actually a divorce lawyer. And so, you know, his most of his experience is with failed marriages. So what he writes about is how to avoid the 10 most common pitfalls on the path to happily ever after. And what's, so go look it up. what's the His author's name? Mark Shields. Mark A. Shields. Hmm. So Kayla and I just got this a couple days ago, have started reading it. And my tip of advice is going to come from a book, from a quote from, the, uh, from Mark Shields, my father-in-law. In laws So he says, and I really like this part. He says, uh, quote, Christian marriages are solemnized at an altar. That most definitely includes temple marriages. What is an altar? It is the place of sacrifice in the temple. Sacrifices were offered in the ancient temple on an altar, prefiguring the sacrifice of the Savior. Your, Your marriage is literally based and built on the principle and law of sacrifice. I think that is the, you know, the biggest, you know, I guess, thing to know beforehand going into any relationship, I guess, is sacrifice. You know, especially marriage being on an altar. You were married over an altar of sacrifice. That's your foundation. So I guess just being, 
Um, you know, one thing I learned on my mission, having all these, you know, I had eight companions, you know, and I think learn going, having different companions, you kind of learn how selfish you actually are and you learn about more about yourself. And, uh, you know, I think that's the biggest thing is, uh, sacrifice, um, sacrificing what you want for what the other person wants. I'm going to play, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Why would, why would someone want to sacrifice so much in a marriage? Why, why would you even bother getting married if you have to sacrifice? Hmm. I mean, getting married pulled you away from us. That's quite the sacrifice. You're. Hundred, We're talking through a screen, Jaren. We'd be talking face to face, bumping chests. Miles away. But I'll, you, I'll, but you sacrifice I'll, I'll pull up a counter question on you, Taylor. What good things in your life have not come from sacrifice? That's what I'm talking about. I mean, you have a job, right? You like the money from the job. It gets you what you want. You have to go to work, though. You got to sacrifice, right? So what would be the money from a marriage then? What are, what in, in your... Uh, what are the returns like the on that I just want to hear some hokey you, stuff that you read off the internet. What are the fruits in your marriage that you, uh, that you reap from your sacrifice? Exaltation. That's a... That's a good, <laughs> that's a great question um i think just happiness quite honestly i mean it's pretty simple but it's just happy you know when you sacrifice what you want for what someone else is for what someone else wants you realize that that's actually what you wanted is because it makes the other person happy which makes you happy it's kind of like dave, dave ramsey. ramsey that's what i was thinking number six baby exactly. step is given it's giving, right? Best way to spend your money. Perfect. So yeah, great question. That was awesome. Good counter question. Also awesome. Dang, it's like this guy's been married before. Only watch once, out, though. Watch out, Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> I think another thing, you know, we're going off of like, you know, advice and, you know, marriage stuff. The little things are the big things. Honestly, that's I, I think in all things actually. Say that again. You know, we learn by the little things actually are the big things. Kind of like by small and simple means are are great things about to pass. For example, I'll give you a, a quick story. I hope Kayla doesn't mind that I tell this. The other day, Kayla had tons of homework, and she was kind of stressed. And uh, yeah, she just she what was it like nine hours you were working yeah. straight. She was working for like nine hours straight. She came home from work, you know, was just going, going to town. So I had this thought. I was like, okay, well, I went. Why did I even go out to the grocery we store in the first place? Some throw we needed some throw pillows <laughs> for the couch, right? We had a gift card. We had a gift card, you know, because people give you stuff when you get married. It's kind of nice. So I'm going out to get some throw pillows. There's a return on bed. the investment right there. <laughs> exactly. Getting out, getting some throw pillows, and you uh, want to get married. Just kidding. You guys, oh, oh. you saying to me, you? you, you <laughs> Moving on, sorry. Dumb joke. 
at Bed Bath and Beyond, there's a diffuser like this essential oils diffuser, and there's like a little bottle that says relax. And I know Kayla had been stressed and stuff. I was like, you know, maybe you know we're trying to budget right now and like save. And I was like, maybe this would be worth the, you know, worth the spend. You know, the Dave Ramsey giving. I really didn't think it'd be a big deal. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll buy this diffuser, go home. Maybe it'll, you know, make Kayla happy, help her relax with all this homework. You use some I, of your allowance to buy that for. Exactly. I knew she would appreciate it, but I had no idea, like, it would be huge. Like, she told me afterwards that it just meant so much to her. Like, it was a huge thing. To me, it was a little thing, like, just getting a diffuser. But to her, it meant a lot. So the little things really are the big things. I think it's like that with any relationship. I had a companion that, that shined my shoes. You know, he didn't he didn't tell me or anything. I wake up and I'd be like, these shoes were not this clean yesterday. And he would just do little things and it, it's awesome. He was phenomenal. That, that was a moneymaker, shining the shoes. Yep. Service. Gets them every time. I just had one band. All he wanted to do was spend three hours every P day running the soccer field, kicking a ball by himself up and down the soccer field. Phil <laughs> <laughs> and I saw a missionary by himself the other day. It's kind of a side note. Cool. I was kind of worried. I was kind of worried for him. It was really early in the morning. He was just riding his bike by himself. <laughs> companion, companion, nowhere in sight. Like white shirt and tie. Name tag, name tag and all. Like whole get up, <laughs> early in the morning. I, we're in Provo. I mean, he's he's being seen by like yeah nothing everybody. but members. I I don't know. I was gonna make a phone call, but I decided someone else probably already did. Yeah. <laughs> he's going home. He's from Provo. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey, so, yeah. I got I got another question for you here. Let's hear it. What were some expectations you had going into a marriage? And uh, and how were they uh, proven false, wrong? What were All some right. expectations? And how did they compare to the reality of being married? Great question. Like what are some maybe some common things people think, oh yeah, I'm getting married and they think this. But it actually ends up turning out to be like this. Um, you know, we had talked about this a little bit, Taylor. You know, when coming up for coming up with ideas, that's one that I struggled with because I was thinking about expectations, and I couldn't really like for me, like my expectation was that it was going to be great, and the reality was that it was great. <laughs> so. so I for you guys, what are some like, I don't know, what are your expectations? Maybe that'll kind of bring back some some thoughts, or what are common expectations that people have? And maybe I'll kind of combat it with how our reality has kind of been thus far. Scrumptious dinner every night. <laughs> well, no, she's making this chicken, cream cheese, bacon, cheddar. Delight. That sounds pretty great. It sounds pretty scrumptious. I'm setting. She's setting good. high expectations for my wife. It is high expectations for sure. You know that's actually funny. While you guys keep thinking, 
I asked Kayla a little bit about this, and I wrote down one thing she said. One of her expectations, actually, I guess in her family, her mom does she want to share? Cooking. Do you want do you want to share, Kayla, about your mom doing all the cooking? That makes it sound bad. I thought you were gonna share the other thing that I said that was better. <laughs> hey, by the way, we hear her very well. Can you? Yeah. Okay, they can hear you pretty well. Okay, okay. Just interrupt when you. Yeah. When I say something that's wrong. Okay. What I was gonna say that you said was, in your family, your mom does most of the cooking. Yeah. And I've never seen my dad cook except for he does make Portuguese tea which is just basically boiling orange <laughs> peels and putting honey in it when you have a sore throat that's the only thing I've ever seen him cook oh and bread he makes bread and cookies he's writing books he's got writing books and running marathons and yeah <laughs> but cooking wise yeah so Kayla was surprised because I actually kind of enjoy cooking yeah so we kind of cook together. It's kind of a fun activity. It's an activity. So that was Wait, an cool, expectation dude. versus reality. A pleasant reality. A pleasant reality, Kayla says. Kayla was impressed by your skills is what you're telling me. Absolutely. Hmm. So you're telling me that the key, not only the key to a, a man's heart is through his stomach, but also... The key to a woman's heart, maybe through her stomach. Is the key to a woman's heart through her stomach? No, because I'm going to get fat if you keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> we'll say it's through her nose, because when she smells the food, that's what... Eating, there it is. E eating it might not be so uh, crucial, but... Boom. Let's see, what, was there something else that you wanted to share? Yeah. It's what I said about expectations versus reality. And... Do you want to share? Here, I'll unplug. Can you guys hear us if we unplug the headphones? Turn up the volume. I think we can hear you. We just hear too much of ourselves. So maybe turn down the volume on your side. Okay. That. I'll let Kayla share what she wanted to share. Okay, well, I was, when he asked me, I feel like in terms of marriage, when you're single, you either hear marriage is the best thing ever, like it's fantastic, or marriage is a lot of work, you know? So you, there's like, there's no in between. You only hear, like, that creates this thing that, like, marriage is perfect or marriage sucks. And so I always thought it was going to be one or the other, like, well, shoot, I better marry someone who I, you know, really, really like or it's going to suck. I think what I didn't realize Not is that it's, it's a it's a mixture of both. But I take that with a grain of salt because um, when I say it's a mixture, what I mean is that like 99.9% .9 of it is fantastic. And there is a little bit of work. I wouldn't say so much in adjusting, but I don't know. What, you, what would you say? But Just all in, good things are work. In sacrificing, I guess. Sacrifice, there's the word. Yeah, there you go. I think it does It does take work for sure, but it's not some black and white thing. Like, when you hear older couples say, marriage is, it's a lot of work. Well, yeah, it's a lot of work, but it's freaking fun, you know? <laughs> Amen. It's like, it's like working down in the salt mines. <laughs> Just kidding. So what I got out of that was 0.1% of Jaren is a piece of work. <laughs> 
he's, he's easy to live with, except that he's uh, he's an interesting sleeper. He talks in his sleep, and he pulls my hair in his sleep. But other than that, <laughs> he's fantastic. My companions, every single one of my companions said that I uh, talked in my sleep, so that was no surprise. Hey, actually. me too. Just means you're a good thinker. You're a heavy thinker. You're always thinking. <laughs> exactly, right? Brain power. Ask them how, they, how well of a listener they are in their sleep. If someone's doing the talking, someone's got to do the listening. I don't. None of mine were good listeners because <laughs> they could never tell me what I was talking about. So. You know, I, um, let's see. So I've been back from my mission about a year, a year and a month, just like, just like Jaren. And uh, the first semester being back, I took a, what's that? Institute class. The Eternal, Eternal Family. Mayor, family. Eternal Family, I think is what it's called. And uh, there is a cu- quite a few uh, young married couples in this class. And Wasn't there one... nothing but young married couples and then you and one other girl? Basically. Basically. Um, it was pretty interesting because actually there was, there were some people who had been divorced um, in this class. Actually, Jaren's dad was <laughs> my instructor the first half of that class. And, uh, there you go. But there's there was a a guy who was married and he said something very interesting that I that I don't think I don't think I'll ever forget. He said, you know, sometimes people have this um, this perception of marriage that you know you wake up every morning and and you just love the person. And it's just like this innate, natural born love that's just always there. And he said, and he was just, you know just speaking from personal experience that. There's some days where you have to choose to love the person, your your spouse. Um, is there any truth to that? And if so, in what way? Because I'm sure it's not like you, you're you having to decide 100% of the time, like, yeah, I guess I do love this person. Because then it wouldn't be a healthy relationship, right? Huh. That's a really easy decision for them. Is- is it Matthew McConaughey in that movie that says, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's the girl, Have right? Have you guys seen How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? Yes. Yes, I just saw that like two so weeks ago. So there's one part I saw it like where, four weeks ago. There's, there's one part where Kate Hudson, the actress in the movie, her name's Andy Anderson. She says, I love you, Ben, but I do not have to like you. <laughs> I feel so like it's more like that. I and there's a George Strait song saying. about that. Because you love him, but there's times like me anymore. Anyways, I don't know. George Strait, so I feel like in any relationship, like with your brothers, you love them, but you don't have to like them, or you don't have to like everything that they do. Right. There you go. That's a good way to put it. Like Jaren doesn't like mashed potatoes, which kills me because I love mashed potatoes, but. I, I guess that wasn't a great example because I don't really care about... How about this? Uh, he does not like my taste in movies. I love chick flicks and he doesn't. And frankly, I hate his music taste. I can't stand his music taste. So we learn to compromise with things. And There's hope. He, he does a lot more learning to love me, I think, because I'm a lot more emotional and difficult than he is. He's easy to love. I'm not so much. But... <laughs> um, I don't think so. There... I would say that it never, I mean, we haven't ever really had, like, a legit fight, so I wouldn't, we're Just probably not the best couple to ask. Fight. 
You guys but, love each other too much. Yeah, ask some couple that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll ask somebody else. But like, <laughs> even when I'm really annoyed with him for playing weird music or something, I can't think of what wait, else. Wait, 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 hold on. What's his weird music? Uh, you can't define my music taste. He listens to what was really popular on the radio circa 2013. And earlier. <laughs> like yesterday we were listening to, what, what was that Bruno song, Mars? Chris Brown? No, no, it was, uh, what was it? Yeah, when Chris he picked Brown's me like up. 2006. Do You Remember by yeah. Jay Sean. Oh, okay, that, you're right. You remember that? Anyways, <laughs> do, you, do you remember that? Uh, <laughs> no, my music taste has a little bit of the 80s in there with... Some new stuff, and then, like, some just random stuff. I also like saxophones. Yeah. That's weird. I want to play, I want to learn to, I want to learn to play the saxophone. I've had this, like, weird desire come up. Don't know what it is. It's a goal of mine. You know, I, I really appreciate this example of music, because, and I said there's hope earlier, because I am a huge music fan, and... For a long time, I thought if my significant other doesn't like my music, then she wouldn't be my significant other. <laughs> but I appreciate your example and uh, your experience. That's great, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> I think we've learned that, too. Is like, we've had discussions on, like, I mean, I love my, I love music, but... I don't mind if he doesn't like One Direction. <laughs> um, but we've had conversations on what is really important to us. And, like, it's important that even if you don't like this certain thing, that you listen to me when I talk about it. Not like I've we've had to be like, why don't you listen? But we kind of know what's really Showing important. interest in each other's interest. Yeah. So, like, even though you may not, like, love a thing, like... Kayla, for an example, like Kayla's an art history major. Yeah. With a minor in editing. So she knows tons about art. I know like jack squat about art. And so Kayla can go off like days. And we once had like a two and a half hour discussion when we were trying to go to bed about art. Pillow talk. Yeah. The she importance of art in society. And I love sports, you know, and Kayla is not the not biggest <laughs> sports fan, but you know, we... We compromise. It's good. Good stuff. So, Jaren, before we move on to our next topic, I have one final question I want to ask you. Let's hear it. How does uh, Kayla check out with the head, hearts, and hormones? How does she check out with the head, hearts, and hormones? Uh-huh. With flying colors? That That is, is that a, a loaded question, Brad, because you're going to have to explain a whole lot about that. Well, yeah, but, I mean, for Jared... There's an extensive vocabulary that not a lot of people are familiar with. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think our listeners have this background of head, heart... I'm sure they don't. That's why the question is for me, not them. (laughs) (laughs) She checks out. Good. I don't know if that answers... I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about the head, hearts, and hormones on a different podcast. Just so people know listen to the other ones. You guys should dedicate a podcast to head, hearts, and hormones. Put that on our topic list. Just an idea. Do, do you want to give a quick synopsis of uh, the head, hearts, and hormones just so nobody's left in the dark for too long here? No, no they can wait till the next episode. Oh, this will get us more listening. Yeah, just give them a... Now they have a little taste, so they'll be excited for the next time. 
Got it. Well, glad Kayla checks out. Thanks. <laughs> um, so moving on, unless you guys had any final uh, comments on your uh, relationship. Yeah, there you go. That's the word. Anything uh, else you want to leave us with? We did discuss one thing really quick. That All right, hit it. I Before we got married, I thought I knew everything about him because we'd been together for Long like time. four and a half years by the time we got married. I mean, I guess you can't really include his mission, but even if you don't include that, two and a half years. So I was like, there is not a thing I don't know about this boy. And then we got married, and I was very wrong. So, <laughs> not that they're bad things, but I had no idea. She regrets her decision. surprises. <laughs> Just take, like, take that advice. When you get married, do not ever think that you know everything about the person because that's impossible. Like, you don't know unless you live with them. Yep. But they're all good things. Except like my... the sweet tooth, she which fat. is great, but it's going to make me fat. <laughs> I, don't know. So. I don't know how Kayla never knew I had, I have a terrible sweet tooth. And I was so surprised when she was surprised that I had a sweet Because, <laughs> like, we'd go to the grocery store and, like, I'd need... Because mo- you never go grocery shopping together. I need movie ready. snacks. So, I mean, you know, Starburst jelly beans, Kit Kats, you know, you just got to be prepared. And yeah, she's we like, spent a night on our honeymoon. We got a movie from Redbox and we got, like, six candy bars and, like, two packs of Sour Punch straws, a thing of popcorn. It was so bad. <laughs> I yeah. had no idea. There was a phrase on our mission that you don't know your companion until you've lived with them for af- for more than two weeks, which I found to be kind of true. Yeah. Like after, I feel like two weeks is when you finally like see who they actually are. Right. They're done trying to. And it's not like they're trying to some to image. Like... It, right. just, it just happens. And That's the adjustment happens. period. Right. It's just an adjustment period. Mm-hmm. So. All right then. Thanks for That's your, all we uh, got to say about that. Well, we had lots of good things to say, so we appreciate it. Moving on, I think we wanted to, to talk about a story, didn't we there, Sweet Cheeks? Oh, definitely, definitely. Yes, I like this story. We're both present. Yeah, we, we tried to find a story that we uh, we all three would be present for. Unfortunately, Kayla... <laughs> Sorry, Kayla. You, you weren't there. You were not there. Okay. Um, Jared, do you have any idea what story we're thinking of? Just am I gonna am I gonna have to put the headphones in for this one? This is post mission. You might, you might have to put the headphones in for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I might go ahead and do that. <laughs> <laughs> I have no, I have no clue what story. This had to do with. No, he wasn't. Was he driving the? No. Hey, when did you get rid of the goose? The swan. The you, swan. Sorry. You were driving the the Ford Focus. Oh yeah. Okay, so it wasn't the swan. When did I get rid of the swan? The swan was disposed. The swan of. died while I was on my mission. My little sister drove it. It wasn't her fault. The swan just had aged beyond its abilities. Hmm. All right. So the swan had died. So Jaron didn't quite have a vehicle yet upon returning okay, home yeah. from his mission. And uh, me and Taylor were at some shindig on oh, some yeah. Friday night. Yeah, yeah. And. Uh, and it wasn't a bad shindig, wasn't a great shindig. We'd been there for our uh, enough time to show that we cared. And uh, we that, dominated rock band. That was about all we needed about. to be there for. And then right about that time, I got a call 
from from Jaron, and he said, "Well, Jerry Bird gave us a ring a dingling." He gave me a ring a ding, and he said, "Hey, hey, Braden, hey, Gold Leader, do you remember a time in high school, or two or three or four or five, where you?" I don't remember the the verbiage that he used, but it was where you would come and resurrect my car. And I said, yeah, I remember that. And he said, how would you like to relive that experience? Wait, wait, what time of the night was it? Probably what, 11 o'clock, 11.30? It was, it, was, it was past 11 for sure, yeah. yeah. Probably 11.30. So 11.30 and I said, I'll be there in three minutes. So me and Taylor went and uh, found Jaron. And uh, we got him home. He, uh, yeah, were you towing him with... I was towing him with my little brother's old man car, this Lexus... Oh, yeah. <laughs> ES300 old man vehicle. Because, Jerry, you'd overheated because, uh, as your dad later informed us, that car had a, a severe coolant leak. And so it could only hold coolant long enough to get your mom to and from Patterson Elementary School to go to work. Which was a 30-second drive, if yeah. that. What the heck? And so he's like, he told me... <laughs> That's down I, the street. I top that car off once a week with water, and it gets it to Patterson and back, and that's all it does. <laughs> oh, my God. And so he's like, I have no idea what Jaron was thinking, taking that car. Um, But you took it, you were parked on the side of the road, we went and got some straps, and uh, towed you home. No power steering, uh, no action. Made for a, a great bonding experience between you and... Uh, it was great. You know, it's a great moment when you're just in a situation and you think, okay, who, like, who can I call? It was, it was, it was almost immediate. It's like Braden. You know, because we had those experiences in high school. <laughs> you know, my, my car, you know, for the listeners who don't know, struggled very much in high school. You know? But, uh, As did mine, just in different Whose car doesn't struggle in high school? True. True. If your car doesn't struggle in high school, you probably didn't buy it. Go back to high school. Yeah. Exactly. But that car was amazing. The swan lives on. Respect it. But, um, yeah. For some reason, it always seemed like whenever there was a car problem, I'd look up and Brayden was right next to me. And I was like, oh. So in that moment, I didn't even second guess it. I didn't even second guess the time. Like, oh, he's busy, or oh, he's asleep. It was like, nope. And then he said three minutes. It was. I'm pretty sure it was three minutes. It was fast. Really? Because so. I mean, we we were uh, probably further than three minutes away, but I mean, we we could have got there in three minutes. Who knows? I think you made it pretty fast. I don't know what it was, but it was quick. <laughs> that was a, That's a good memory. I forgot I about that. I wouldn't doubt seven minutes. You wouldn't doubt seven? Nope. I'd give it a happy five, you know. Happy. We didn't medium. even grab any brownies on our way out the door of this party. And we just booked it. That sacrifice. Happy birthday, see ya. Thanks for having us. Oh, and now that I'm thinking about this experience, if I'm not mistaken, Jaron, you were on a date with another woman. Is that right? I, I was, indeed. And so obviously it was divine that the car broke down to send this date to the dumps. To make her never interested again so that you can marry Kayla. <laughs> Divine. And I'm hopefully sad. hopefully that wasn't something that I disclosed when you should have had headphones in. But you didn't. 
Yeah. They're married. Hey. No, ba- no backing out now. Hey, that date didn't even get serious. There's nothing serious there. The only thing serious about was that coolant leak. That was the only serious That's, thing happening. That was serious. Good memories. Good story. Well, I think that's all we got for tonight. We didn't stick any of our plugs in, so uh, once again, we're always grateful for Cedarstrom Financial Planning for giving us our our studio. We're grateful for Flyboard AZ for providing us for uh, some... Lending us this very expensive audio equipment, which allowed us to have Jerry Skype in and join us in this podcast tonight. I don't think we mentioned this last podcast, but... Our sponsor, Flyboard AZ, Straight Arrow Roofing, has uh, Lee, that was on our podcast last time, was so enthralled by his experience on our podcast that he decided to one-up us and start his own podcast. Oh, yeah, that's podcast so, called Rough Roads. Rough Road? Rough Road Podcast. I'm, I, hold on, I'm going to pull this up so we're official here. Available on Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, SoundCloud, and something else. It's oh, Stitcher. Blueberry. Blueberry. Because there's no E in the and, berry. And Stitcher. It's called the Rough Road Podcast. Uh, easy to find. Anyways, because uh, we, we got a lot of comments on... Um, on the episode with Lee. On our episode with him and, and his experience. And so he went ahead and started his own his own podcast. And the first episode, which I listened to, is uh, Brain's dad, Matt Watson, is a guest on there. And, and he w- he played an influential part through that, that experience. Episode two, which just came out yesterday, he has Ryan and Kathy Little, and they talk about their experience um, and, and their troubles and, and adversary, adversity with uh, losing almost everything they had. And uh, you know, Ryan went back to school to get his nursing degree um, while they had two young kids, I believe it was. Anyways, go ahead, check out that podcast. Give them a listen. Um, but I think that's, uh, that's all we got. For I think tonight. we'll call it for tonight. Thanks, thanks to Jaren for, Jaren like, for, have a, thanks for Jaren. coming on, Jaren. Thanks, Kayla, I, for giving I've us I've been your... waiting for this day to come. It's a pleasure, boys. Always Speaking a pleasure. of dads, real fast, you know who I would think who I think would be interested in uh, joining the podcast one of these days? Your dad. I think he would love that. What an idea! Oh man, he had dropped so many knowledge bombs. Hey, you talk you to him it? for us. Will do. Uh, you guys see it more than I do, though. Hey, but yeah. yeah, we'll run it past him. You run it past him. We'll get him from both sides. You sweet talk him into it, all right? Will do. Perfect. Hey, one more thing before I sign off. I need a radio name. What's... Oh, dang. Sweet Cheeks, Gold Leader, Chicken Nuts. I mean, what is this? Is Jared Bear? No, no, no. No, that's... The Hoff? No, is that no, just, no, no. Is that too... That's too easy. How about we call you Hubby? Hubby? Yeah. You're the married man. <laughs> or the Hubs. <laughs> the Hubs? <laughs> I like the Hubs. All right, the Hubs. I dig. All right, Hubs. hubs. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. You have a wonderful night. You too, guys. All Thanks. Right. See ya. <laughs>